0: Welcome to the Practical Prepping Podcast. We're helping everyday people become prepared for whatever emergencies come our way. Where gear is good, but knowledge is better. Because the more you know, the less you have to carry.
1: We're your hosts, Mark and Krista Lawley. This is episode number three, and our topic today is Prepping for Travel. One of the things, and, and we're going to start out with talking about traveling by vehicle. We just recently did an 1,100-mile trip, and so some of this is fresh on our minds. And, yes, these are things that we carry in our vehicle when we are traveling, especially when we made this recent trip. Uh, one of the things to do is to look at pre-trip maintenance. Um, have your oil changed if you're going to cross the point where you need to have an oil change before you get back go ahead and have that done go ahead and have all the fluids checked have the tires checked um, go ahead and fuel up the day before you leave have everything checked on that vehicle that you possibly can Now, let's talk about some of the items to have in the vehicle. And these are, as I said, things that we carry in our vehicle. One thing is uh, general tools. One time I blew a, um, a radiator hose. And sadly to say, I did not have any tools with me. All I needed was a screwdriver basically i I did get to a walmart parking lot there was a auto parts nearby and i was able to go and buy a new hose but i had to buy a screwdriver in order to be able to change that hose that's the last time that has happened and the last time that it will happen because i have uh, a small pack of general tools there in uh, the car
0: Okay, something else to think about are jumper cables or a jump box because a dead battery can happen to anybody. It's happened to me. It can happen to you. And we don't need to be afraid of being able to power our battery when need be. Um, I bought a jump box several years ago. I learned how to use it. It's simple. It's super de-duper easy. It's very high uh, in its... um, what am I trying to say? It's it's one of the better jump boxes. It, it, it will it will charge many many times for many years. It's and got it's, a lot yeah,
1: of cranking amps. It's got a lot of
0: cranking and, uh, amps, and it's easy to use. And that's something you want.
1: Yours would uh, start a diesel, a large diesel truck, with no problem.
0: And it's not that big. Really. It's not
1: that big, mm-hmm. but. Um, Another thing about it is, you don't have to have another vehicle to be able to jump yourself off.
0: Right, you don't have to wait for some random stranger to come up. You can uh, you can pop your own hood, put these uh, alligator clips on, bada beam bada boom. There you go. You got power.
1: But if you have jumper cables, and they are much less expensive than a jumper box, uh, if you have those, you can usually find somebody that will uh, help you jump the vehicle off. Mm-hmm. And um, especially if you find a good old boy in a pickup truck, he'll, <laughs> he'll be glad to help you. And especially you, Chris, you could get somebody to help you a whole lot easier. Not I could just uh, maybe it's this male chauvinist thing. But um, <laughs> those guys will be glad to uh, help you jump your car off. Another thing is duct tape. Um, you know, yeah. you can fix anything but stupid with duct tape. <laughs> and you can at least make that be quieter. Mm-hmm. uh duct tape is always good to have uh you can actually put a patch on a a hose a radiator hose to get you to some place where you can get that changed out.
0: Yeah, it's not a permanent fix
1: but it'll a few nothing. miles down the road mm-hmm. uh, talking about getting down the road uh how about a flat tire? oh boy how about carrying the uh items that you need to either repair or change that tire? Uh, now, in a couple of our vehicles, I carry tubeless um, tubeless tire repair kits. Um, they're a little bit difficult sometimes to get them pressed in. It's not that hard, but um, sometimes it takes a little bit of pushing. And if you're going to change a tire, go um, buy you a four-way lug wrench. We've got them in all of our vehicles. Uh, whoever designed that um, supposed uh, tire changing system that they put in new cars today, if they even put it, because I understand some vehicles are coming without a spare and without a way to jack it up, and you're going to have to call roadside maintenance for that. But uh, buy you a, um, even if it's a cheap four-way lug wrench, it's a lot easier to break those lugs loose with that than some of those uh, Mickey Mouse things—not to insult Mickey Mouse, but those <laughs> things that they give you to change a tire with. At least carry a can of fix a flat. Uh, we've got a son-in-law that carries a can of fix a flat and a little 12-volt plug-in clip-on uh, um, air compressor. Mm-hmm. He said it may take 20, 30 minutes to air his tire up, but he'll get it going again. So that's something you can do.
0: Something else you're going to want to think about is, obviously, for the length of your trip. If you're going to be traveling for an hour, that may determine how much food or water you carry. But we're still going to tell you to put something to eat and something non-alcoholic to drink in your car. Because you just never know. Your one-hour trip may turn into an eight-hour ordeal. You just never can tell. And when we travel by car, we're going to be traveling eight to ten hours one way. And so we're going to have... Non-perishable snacks, you know, these little cracker packs and <clears throat> bags of chips and some water. We do, We like to have beef stick. We like to carry some of those kinds of things. Trail mix, I make my own. I make it with peanuts and M&Ms and cranberries and raisins and cashews and stuff that you can snack on That's that's, you know, pretty decent to eat. It's better than absolutely having nothing to eat. And so those types of things are good to have in the car on a trip.
1: Well, we also carry some of that stuff in our car bags
0: mm-hmm. now,
1: you know people call different uh names uh car- we call them car bags because they go everywhere we go in the car uh some people call it a bug out bag uh it's can be a get home bag It's not a true bug out bag it's it's not what you would want to take if you had to leave your home suddenly, but it's uh, more of a get home bag. Um. Just we carry some of those types of non-perishable uh, food items in there, and a couple of bottles of water. Mm-hmm. So we always have at least that couple of bottles of water with us. Another thing we carry, and I started doing this in a patrol car, is I carry a two-gallon gas can with uh, one and three-quarter gallons of gas in it. That leaves it some room in there for expansion uh, if it gets warm. Uh, When we're traveling in the car, that is actually, it's a, the caps are on it. It's a sealed gasoline can, and it is also wrapped in a plastic bag and tied up so that you don't have uh, the smell there, um, you know, inside your vehicle. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay, something else that I've gotten to think about where I'm, it makes no difference where we're going. Um, I like to carry a selection of plastic bags a variety. Um, anything from about a one-gallon zip-top type plastic bag up to about these 13-gallon kitchen trash type bags. Lots and lots of different uses for trash bags. Obviously, trash. We do accumulate some trash as we travel, but there are going to be other uses we'll talk about later for uh, the the need for plastic bags. And when you're not using them, they can be nicely folded and tucked out of the way inside the car bag. Um this is also a personal choice, uh, carrying a firearm in your car while you're traveling. We talked about on our last pod- podcast about the personal choice of carrying a firearm, and that's that literally is a personal choice. We do. We respect you if you do, and we respect you if you choose not to. That but is, do check uh,
1: your local laws. Right. If you're traveling across state lines, uh, check the states that you will be traveling through um there is a website i believe it's handgunlaws.us and that will tell you who accepts your permit check all the states that you're going through an example we go to north carolina from time to time and uh, south carolina will not honor an alabama permit we do not have a reciprocal agreement with them alabama will recognize theirs but they do not recognize ours so we have now found a route where we avoid south carolina we don't even go through it Uh, we miss it by about 10 miles but as she said and we do um, advocate being able to protect yourself whatever may come so enough said about that how about unexpected expenses on the road
0: that can happen we had it happen to us several years ago we were traveling with my mom and dad and we were making a trip of about 250 miles and about 100 miles in we had stopped for lunch we ate lunch we got into the car to leave the restaurant and we could not move and we couldn't figure out what in the world was wrong we we were able to back up but couldn't turn the the steering wheel. and
1: Well, the front you know. tires were pointing different directions.
0: Right, so it, it became quite obvious to Mark. He's pretty savvy with the mechanics. He said, we've got a broken tie rod. Well, fortunately, we were just a few blocks away from a mechanic, so he was able to call, and the mechanic came. And, and they were able to get the van over to the shop, my mom and dad and I sat down in the rocking chairs of the restaurant we sipped tea and we waited and then mark came back with a fully fixed van but uh, we didn't expect that to happen we're so grateful that the tie rod broke in a parking lot and not at 80 miles an hour out on the interstate so thank the good lord for that Yep. Uh, so uh, that was an unexpected. I how much that cost, but that was a few hundred dollars. It that, was. You know, that we had to be, you know, By you had to pay that bill.
1: The record bill, and, you know, we whatever. were out of state, you know. And um, another situation that we had out of state was a blown tire. Oh, yes. Uh, we had a blown tire and had to replace that tire. Um, and we would say, have some cash. Uh, if you're going to be traveling, um, I would carry a few hundred dollars if you can uh, just for those unexpected expenses you may be somewhere that doesn't take a debit card or a credit card and sometimes you can negotiate better with cash Um, you can get a better deal from time to time but be ready for those unexpected expenses while you're traveling have a game plan Um, It might have to go on to a credit card. Uh, We don't like credit cards. We try not to use one, although we have one credit card. Uh, It's just an emergency backup kind of thing. And uh, we try to pay everything as we go. But if we had to, we could put some type of repair on that. But have a way to plan for those unexpected expenses. Let's talk about some unexpected issues.
0: Okay, something that we've tried to do, we I can't say that we're 100% faithful to this every time, but we have this little rule between us now that if our gas tank gets to the halfway point, go ahead and fill back up. Rather than wait for the tank to go all the way down to the letter E, where that little light is flashing at you and that bell is dinging at you, Uh, you may be somewhere where you might be 49 miles away from a gas station, and you're on E. And you can't really trust how much gas is in your tank. I think too many of us have trusted, and we've made the wrong decision. Yeah, so, some of these that yeah. says
1: you've got 17 miles left.
0: Yeah, they're lying to you. they're
1: lying to you. Yeah, lying
0: to you. <laughs> you find out way too late. Right. So we do try to watch our gas usage. And when we get uh, from a full tank down to the halfway mark, we find the nearest um, decent gas station, and we fill her back up. We do that while
1: traveling as well. We We, did did that last week. Um, Mm -hmm. We got a needle width below uh, half a tank on one of them, and we talked about that, that we were going to go below it, violate our rule, and go just a little further because we wanted to stop at this particular place, get fuel, and eat at the same uh, exit there. But keep in mind, we had that uh, sealed gas can with Mm -hmm. 1.75 gallons in it, Uh, If we were to wind up in a situation, we'll talk a little bit more about that uh, in a few minutes. Um,
0: We've already talked about the dead battery and that it's best to have some jumper cables or a jump box and know how. Know the procedure on a battery. Just don't go willy-nilly around a battery. It's an electrical device. You don't want to mess that up. So train yourself. Get someone to train you on how to properly Attach and detach on battery terminals. You can
1: can go to YouTube YouTube and find find some. I would watch more than one just in case the guy that you're watching to start with, and I say guy, uh, Mm -hmm. just in case he really doesn't know what he's doing. Watch two or three. It shouldn't be more than five-minute video and um, Mm -hmm. learn how to do that. We talked about carrying tools Expect some unexpected issues of breakdowns. Uh, You can have that happen from time to time. Another one, and we work so hard to keep this one from happening, and that's lockouts, locking yourself out of your vehicle. Now, as a law enforcement officer, uh, we run into a lot of folks who have locked themselves out of their car. One of the things that I advocate do is to hide a key behind the tag. Take your tag off and tape a key behind the tag that will open the door. But in most modern vehicles, you can get one that will open the door but will not start the vehicle. Mm -hmm. All you want to do is be able to unlock that door and get in it. They've got those little magnetic uh, boxes, hide a key. If you use the magnet, uh, add some tape around that as well to keep that thing from vibrating off.
0: Something that, that I've been able to do, um, my insurance, my car insurance company actually has a lockout service. I actually locked my keys in my car while I was fueling at a <clears throat> gas station. And so, uh, I, there I was locked out. I was in a well-populated gas station in the middle of the day, but my keys were safely inside and I was outside. So I was, um. I didn't even have my phone or anything on me. I had to uh, talk to the owner of the gas station who made the call for me. I called my local insurance agent who, was, who knew me personally and was able to send someone right away. Now, uh, through a, the gracious... Um, Benefit of a daughter in the AAA world, we are now members of AAA. And so now we are in a service where, anywhere in America, if we're in some sort of car trouble, we can call AAA. And
1: as long as you're time. in the car, it doesn't have to be your vehicle.
0: Yes, you can but, even be traveling in someone else's vehicle. And if you're a triple, I'm it, we don't work for AAA. Let me make that clear. We don't work for them. But if, you've, if you're if you a member and you're traveling with someone else and they have trouble, you get some benefits from being a member. You can help be a blessing to them if that's the case. Uh, so definitely consider that.
1: And it, you can also call a locksmith. Mm-hmm, uh, they'll come true. and unlock it for you. Right. Now, talking about issues that we can have while traveling. Let's talk about getting stuck in traffic for a long time. I think you can uh, address this issue and some of the things listed here.
0: This happened to me. Um, I was traveling traveling alone. <clears throat> I was making an eight-hour trip to North Carolina. And um, about two hours from my destination... I found the traffic had come to a stop, and it was a new section of interstate, and on either side of my one single lane were those concrete solid barriers. In front of me was a tractor-trailer semi. In back of me was a tractor-trailer, and we were all on this one lane of this shifted interstate highway, and we were stopped. And frankly, I didn't know why. There was no construction going on as far as I could tell and there's no way to know how long you're going to be stuck and I had broken my rule about getting gas I was down to uh, almost an eighth of a tank I was really getting close to being empty and I was two hours away from my destination and it was approximately five o'clock in the evening rush hour and um, all of the traffic going in our direction was completely stopped and i'm in the middle of these two great big large trucks so i can't see in front of me or behind me so we don't know what's going on and so i have my phone and i'm beginning to message some folks saying hey You know, I'm here in such and such town and we we appear to be stopped near such and such exit. I try to keep aware of what my mile markers and my exit numbers are to give somebody an idea of where I might be if they ever needed to find me. And a very dear friend in Alabama messaged me back and said, I know exactly what's going on up there. You're not going to believe it. And I said, Well, what's going on? Why am I stopped? And my friend said, well, at 6 o'clock that morning, some sort of chemical spill had taken place when a truck had a jackknife accident in that area. And the authorities were sending cleanup uh, vehicles and cleanup crews that were especially suited for this particular type of chemical spill. And that here it was 11 hours later, and they were still working on it. And that's why these lanes of traffic had been closed. And we just happened to be on a lane of traffic that's also being renovated. And so it's 5 o'clock, and then 6 o'clock came, and then 7, 7.30, 8 o'clock. Now, you, mind you, our engines are still running. Because at any moment, we're going to break loose and get free, right? Right? Nope. And by this time, I've called Mark and I've called my daughter, who's expecting me, you know, to be walking in her door any minute. And I'm telling my husband what's going on. And he's like, I, I, you know, I wish I could help you. He's hours and hundreds of miles away. And so I'm watching my gas needle get smaller and smaller. And I'm thinking, do I shut my engine off? Do I keep it running? Um, Mother Nature was also working on my bladder, ladies, if you know what I'm talking about. And so that was also getting to be a, an issue of concern. Of I don't have any safe place or decent place to even take care of business, if you know what I'm saying. And so I'm trying, I'm not the panicky type, but I'm getting pretty perturbed and I'm getting kind of upset. And um, so anyway, long story short, uh, after much prayer... In supplication, Uh, the good Lord was with me and had his hand of protection over me. I was already devising a plan. I was already figuring out if I need to leave my vehicle for any reason, which truck am I going to go to? The one behind me was some sort of private trucking industry. The one in front of me was a U.S. postal truck. So I had devised a plan. I was going to approach that truck and see whatever we could do as far as them helping me get out of traffic or what have you. Didn't have to do that. At 1130, at 1130 that evening, they broke loose and we began to travel through the darkness, through the countryside, round and round and round through the county, way down through the rural cornfield sections, winding, 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 until we came out many, many miles on the other side of the county to a normal thoroughfare and uh, we were all able to then break free and get into lanes of traffic and praise the good lord hallelujah there was a valero gas station in my sights made a beeline got to the gas station uh filled up the car emptied myself and got to my daughter's house at close to one o'clock the following morning that's a long story to tell you that I didn't have a lot of things with me that would have been helpful. Uh, More gas uh, would have been helpful, too. I didn't run out, but I was mighty, mighty close. And that was
1: before we started, and it was because of that that we started traveling with that gallon and three-quarter. Now, what about food and water?
0: Well, food and water, we touched on that for a moment. You know, it's, it's always nice to be able to take food and water with it, especially the water part. We, we don't often think about that, but we need to, that we need to stay hydrated more than we need to stay solid food. And uh, I think carrying uh, water bottles, uh, some sort of non-alcoholic uh, drink beverage, if not water, then something to flavor it. Or maybe something non carbonated because carbonated water carbonated sodas a lot of times on the road just make you feel all bloated. So you may want to have some like maybe green tea or unsweetened tea or some flavored water or sparkle ice or bubbly or whatever those are called that are now uh, what, not you know.
1: What if you had not been able to get to the Valero to uh empty yourself what kind of options might there have
0: been (laughs) well yeah there's you have to think about things like that because at some point you have to make a decision you know are you going to um, soil your clothes or are you going to try to relieve yourself in as decent a possible way as you can and you may have to consider you know having those Ziploc bags or uh, plastic containers, maybe those Rubbermaid containers, something that you can at least maybe crouch into. I know that we're. this is a really odd subject to be talking about, but I know of people that were stranded in snowstorms for 12 hours, and honestly, they didn't have the number one issue that I had. They had number two issue. And, and that, if it's
1: the one I'm thinking, she said, if you find a such-and-such lunch box on the side of the road, don't open yeah, it.
0: Yeah, you know, these lunch bags, these really pretty little lunch bags that look like handbags.
1: But a good thing there is to yeah. to put a trash bag in a yes. trash can.
0: Yes, something, something, because you're going to have to, you might as well go, but have something to go into. And in, uh, in, in the
1: situation there, you didn't yeah. even have the option of, wandering off into the woods no,
0: because no. you're in a concrete. It was a terrible experience, and I have learned many lessons from my ordeal out on the road.
1: Let's talk about one more issue that we can get into with, uh, with traveling by vehicle or actually traveling in any mode of transportation, and that's travel sickness. Mm-hmm, yes. Car-sick.
0: Car-sick. Motion-sick. <laughs> if you've got young kids or if you're just one of these people that has a trouble traveling in a car or a bus or a train or some sort of vehicle where you get a lot of motion sickness, prepare for that. Get some Dramamine. Get some of those Pepto-Bismol tablets that you can chew on. They really do help. Um, and if if it's worst-case scenario, get you one of those, you know, get some bags that are not clear. Something that if you have to be sick, go ahead and be sick and just get it over with. But have some bags to be able to go into there, put whatever sickness in there, tie it off, throw it away, be done with it.
1: Drop it in the trash can at the next rest stop and get a new bag.
0: Have some of those hand wet wipes, too, to clean your face. Right. Right. Water bottle that you can dedicate to just swishing your mouth out, spit out.
1: Now, okay. let's talk about air travel. This is one that we all do from time to time. I mm-hmm. uh, don't do it as often now as I used to because with all the trouble it takes to get into the airplane and out of and all of that, if it's uh, within 10 hours, I'll just drive. But, well, uh,
0: yeah, COVID has,
1: oh COVID has, has interfered a, a lot deal. of air travel anyway. But before COVID, if it was within 10 hours, I'd just drive. But uh, one of the things, and th- this is some of the just-in-case, okay, uh, a full change of clothes in your carry-on. Mm-hmm. Uh, you need that where if you your luggage gets lost, that happens from time to the time. check
0: bags that didn't make the it into the plane. The check bags get
1: lost mm-hmm. uh, or delayed, or you get delayed in an airport with a layover and need a change of clothes. Uh, that's uh, a good idea to have in your carry-on luggage Um, you need to wear some sturdy shoes i've always been amazed um, if you had to evacuate an aircraft Mm -hmm. trying to do that with um, flip-flops could be a nightmare could be a nightmare
0: stiletto heels um. Just, yeah.
1: So wear some sturdy shoes right. just in case.
0: Just in case. Right.
1: And here's some things to carry, just to carry with you. And you can carry these on the, um, the airplane. Carry a flashlight. Something happens, lights are probably going to be off in that airplane. Mm-hmm. And a flashlight will help you. Uh, they tell you that the lights come on to guide you to the exits. If there's a total electrical failure, that may not happen. Uh, If you get outside the aircraft, you may want to see where you're going. Carry that flashlight with you. Carry a pen and paper. Uh, There could come a time that you need to write some type of message. We talked about the uh, tactical pen options for protection. Uh, You can do that with just about any pen. Uh, I've got one pen. It's made by Olight. It's a flashlight and a pen. Real neat. Just show them, you know, hey, it's a, but it's made out of aircraft aluminum, so you could use it for that. One of the things that uh, you need to carry with you, um, I call it ICE. It's this way in my phone, ICE, in case of emergency, and that's your emergency contact information. If you were to, for some reason, be um, unconscious and they need to know who to get in touch with, Or at least need to know who to call to come get the body. Wow,
0: you just went there, didn't you? (laughs) I went
1: there. Uh, But carry that um, in case of emergency information.
0: I actually have a screen. My lock screen on my phone has an emergency phone number. Uh, if the phone is found or if someone, like you're saying, if you're incapacitated for some reason and someone can look at the lock screen of your phone, they don't have to get into your phone. It's a, in case of emergency call. And I have my emergency contacts phone number right there on the screen. And um, there's, there's, <clears throat> there's more honest, good people out there than there's not. And there's, I just use the, the mindset that there's more people out there that want to help you. And will help you if they know how to help you. Mm -hmm. So give them whatever tools they need. If you can't speak or say anything, your phone's lock screen can sometimes carry an important message. So see how your phone lock screen works and what you can do as far as putting a message on there. It's been very helpful, I think. Um, Yeah, you talked about in case of emergency. Uh, On the airplane, you know, also, again, carry some of those, maybe those... Uh, Nature bars or those power bars, breakfast bars, energy bars, protein bars, those are small and they're pretty tasty. A lot of them are pretty good and they keep well and they can kind of tide you over if for some reason you had to be on the airplane airplane a lot longer. My sister tells a story once they were flying into Washington, D.C., and they were up in the air for an additional 90 minutes waiting for a storm to clear. Uh, they had plenty of fuel, there was no worries there, but they had shut off all eating and drinking, and so this was close to the dinner hour, and these, the whole airplane was starving, and for another additional 90 minutes, they're up in the air, round and round and round, until they finally landed, and you know, if they would have just had something to snack on, and maybe a, something to sip on, that would have been a whole lot more pleasant, so Lesson learned. Now when she flies, she's got that little extra power bar and maybe another little small ball of water in there, and she's good to go.
1: And another person that you need to have is a uh, a check-in contact. You need to have somebody that will miss you if you don't get there.
0: Absolutely. If you're Even if you're traveling alone, I know a lot of people that can literally just jump on the airplane and just go to some random place and just because they can. But it's always a good idea to at least... It, have somebody know that you've left town. Uh, don't make people wonder where you are, because that can be very frightening, very frightening, and, and uselessly frightening. Um, and if you're going to a strange city or you're going somewhere traveling, alone that's, I mean, I understand that's your business. But at least give somebody who knows you some idea of that you're going to be gone, you're going on a pleasure trip for however many days and you expect to be back on a certain day. And if your plans change and you reach out, that's fine. You know, we're not trying to run your life for you. But we are trying to say, as those who have loved ones that travel a lot, we just like to have some idea that you may be out of town and that where you might be and when you'll be back. I just think that's common sense. It's courtesy. Uh, I think that that's just something you really ought to you really ought to care enough about other people's feelings for you that you would do that. I think that's very important. I sort of speak like a mom right now with kids, but you know that's that's well, a we, very important to do. You are a
1: mom, and when our kids travel, we want to know they got there safe.
0: They don't care how well they are. No. I, I want uh, to know. They're grown.
1: Okay. They have their own kids, but absolutely,
0: and they'll uh, do and, it when their and, kids are. <laughs> and
1: they now turn around and tell us to check in. So yeah, we check in with the state we left. Uh, because mm-hmm. the state we're going to see, they know we're there, but mm-hmm. we check in with the others to let them know that we've arrived. And we'll actually text a couple of times along the way to let them know where we are, uh, just in case anything were to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, one other thing to cover on air travel, and this is really important, shake down all your clothing and all your bags before you go to the airport.
0: Mm-hmm. I
1: mean, you give you two um, illustrations. One one of our son, uh, son-in-laws, uh, was flying out on, like, January the 3rd. Well, on New Year's Eve, his daughter had been wearing his jacket. Uh, they were doing fireworks and things uh, out at the property. And she had left him a pocket full of firecrackers. And, you know, they don't let you on an airplane with firecrackers. Mm-mm. In fact, they test all of your hands, your equipment and everything. And uh, he noticed it before he got up there. He was in line, noticed it, got out of line, went to a um, trash can and threw away the firecrackers. And he was actually noticed doing that. And he was asked and he told him up front, this is what happened. They checked his hands. Sure enough, it showed up residue on his hands but they checked all of his other stuff and they believed his story which was totally legit shake down your your bags before you travel Uh, those of us that own guns that may have ammo in it uh, before you pack to go to the airport totally empty that bag check it, check under anything in it, make sure there's not a single bullet in there somewhere and uh, just make sure another one we were traveling on a mission trip, and we were flying, and uh, we got into the airport through security and one of the teenagers came to me and he said, "Mr. Longley, I got a little problem, said I'm carrying my daddy's bag, and he showed me a big Swiss army knife and I know that if this Swiss army knife, which was you know over a hundred bucks at the time, uh, I really hated to do what I had to do we're going to get caught with that thing as many flights as we're going to hit along the way and uh, i took that and i went into the restroom and i dropped it into a trash bag a trash receptacle Um, how it got through i don't know it did But that could have caused a serious problem right there Mm -hmm. with a teenager carrying a Swiss Army knife that he did not even know was in the bag. He had borrowed his dad's bag to carry, and his dad didn't think about shaking it down either. So shake down everything, make sure you don't have anything that you should not have or that they're not going to allow you to have uh, before you go to the airport.
0: Airlines also will provide you with a very extensive detailed list of what is and is not permitted in any carry-on bag or handbag or go bag or EDC. Anything, anything, that, you're check,
1: check, uh, anything, anything that you're carrying, carrying
0: on. on. And uh, so check with your specific airline. And if you're traveling internationally, also check those uh, guidances as well. Always stick with the rules. It's better to be a, a Someone who abides by the rules than someone who's going to cause a problem. We don't want you to have a problem.
1: makes for an easier day when you're traveling anyway. So there you have it, prepping for travel. Some things that we've experienced, some things that we've gone through and just wanted to pass along to you, maybe to help you become a little bit better prepared for your travels. Now let's remind folks of the three things that everybody must have smoke detector, we like the one that's the smoke detector and carbon monoxide detector, a fire extinguisher, and a radio that receives NOAA weather weather alerts. If you don't have those three Those are your first three preps. Go get them as soon as possible.
0: Let me remind you, too, that some of you are living in houses that are two, three, maybe even four stories. Definitely, you'll want protection on every level of the living space of your home. So one smoke detector is not going to be enough. In fact, most homes need several. You need them near the bedrooms and the kitchen. Uh, near garages and places like that. Uh, A lot of homes, too, you would need more than one weather radio. Uh, Perhaps you need one downstairs when you're watching TV, but you may need some upstairs when people are asleep. So do consider, when you're prepping for those types of devices, do consider the living spaces that will be inhabited by your home and make sure that each floor is covered. And we want to thank you for listening, and we hope that you'll give us a five-star review. Five-star reviews help make this podcast available for more people to hear. And so if you know somebody, or even if it's yourself who needs to start prepping, or if you've recently started, maybe even during this COVID year has gotten you started, please share this podcast with them. Our plan is to release a new podcast every week or so, and more frequently as the need arises. On Facebook, you can find us under Practical Prepping. Be sure to join there. Uh, Our email is info at practicalprepping.info. Our website is being worked on at this time. It will be called www.practicalprepping.info. We want to thank you for listening to the Practical Prepping Podcast. And remember,
1: stuff happens,
0: stay prepared.